It's a Tuesday night. That means it's time for Tide Talk on the Built by Bama online podcast. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you joined as always by my colleague there at BOL, Beat Reporter, Team Insider Extraordinaire, Mr. Charlie Potter. Charlie, how you doing on this Tuesday night? Doing good, man. Uh, looking forward to another SEC game this week, another day game at Bryant-Denny. It seems like that's just kind of the MO nowadays. Yeah, 2.30. Well, 2.30 is when Brad and Gary will come on. You know, they'll come out of that uh, SEC on CBS pregame show, and then you'll get Brad and Gary at 2.30. But kickoff probably more along the lines. It seemed like in Columbia anyway, Charlie, it was more like 2.40 Central, right? When we actually put total leather, uh, not right at 2.30, but not too long thereafter. But Alabama at 4-0 and following its latest win, that 49-7 victory over the Golden Eagles of Southern Mississippi. Back into league play, Charlie, for this Alabama team. In come the Rebels of Ole Miss at 2-2 and 1-0. And hey, if you're Ole Miss, you'll take that, right? 1-0 in conference play. Now, 1-0 in conference play after a home win over an Arkansas team that didn't win an SEC game last year, Charlie. And based on what I saw this past Saturday night with San Jose State going into Fayetteville and getting a W. I don't think Arkansas is going to win a Southeastern Conference game for a second straight year under Chad Morris. But look, if you're Ole Miss, you take what you can get at this point. Um, let's talk about Alabama and where things sit. And, and, and to do that, I mean, we always have to start from an injury perspective with this team. And uh, a couple more added to the list in the win over Southern Miss over the weekend. Uh, we both been out at media viewing periods on Monday and Tuesday. You've talked with players in depth each of the last couple of days. What's the feeling right now, you think, Charlie, with guys like DJ Dale and Terrell Lewis and Will Reichard for crying out loud, the kicker, the kicker now in non-contact status? Yeah, it seems like no position safe uh, from an injury standpoint at Alabama, but you know, two were to Two were really big injuries after the Southern Miss game, and DJ Dale and Will Riker, both players who left before the first half, uh, ended. And um, you know, DJ Dale is a guy that sounds like he sprained his knee, uh, patellar in his knee, and uh, he doesn't sound like he's going to be out too long. He might be kind of questionable for this game, but you know, he's been on the practice field both days this week, being Monday and Tuesday, and uh, he hasn't done much but at least he's out there that's always a good sign we'll see uh the telltale day being tomorrow on wednesday see if he's doing a little bit more uh and then will reichert uh, injured his hip flexor uh, on a kickoff and one of those kickoffs looked a little funny and that makes a little bit more sense with that and um his sounds a little bit more serious um you know his mom went to to facebook and, and shared an update on him and sounds like he's gonna be rest needing some rest for for a few weeks and uh i think we'll be seeing a lot of joseph Boulevard this week and maybe even at texas a&m and in, in a in a couple weeks after the bye week so we'll see with that he's a guy that's not going to play this weekend even though he's been you know dressed out and, and trying to fake us off a little bit at practice so those were the two injuries that uh, were sustained this past weekend and then one one, um, or a couple, I should say, uh, but players didn't dress out 
uh, kind of in a surprise move um, on Saturday. One was Terrell Lewis. Uh, he's a guy that left the South Carolina game after kind of landing awkwardly on his knee. Um, you know, he was able to return to that game. He was made available for interviews after that. And I, I asked him just what happened. He said he landed on it or he landed a little stiff leg on that injured knee. And I think it scared him more so than anything else. But it sounds like he had a little bit of a procedure done, um, you know, after getting back to Tuscaloosa and reevaluating a little bit. So uh, kind of a surprise move there after he missed a day of practice in the weeks leading or the days leading up to the Southern Miss game. And he's the guy that kind of like DJ Dale's been limited. He looked like he was doing a little bit more today. So that's always a good sign. I think he's a guy that um, if he's healthy, could play on Saturday. I don't know how much because they want to limit him and and keep him uh, healthy and fresh for some of these big big games they have coming up. And then uh, Markel Benton's a guy that also didn't dress out. So he's a player that um, has been limited this week. It looks like he's dealing with a hamstring injury, even though that hasn't been, um, you know, specified by Nick Saban but right now those are the the new guys in the injury report today it seemed like it was a little bit more from a positive uh, perspective of how those guys are coming along uh, they're all out on the practice field and Terrell Lewis is doing a little bit more but you know, every every week when we do this and every time that we talk it seems like there's somebody new on that injury report and now you can add a couple more linebackers to it yeah just when Alabama doesn't need it and you know, it is Ole Miss. It is a team that Alabama in each of the last two meetings has scored 60-plus against and really effectively shut Ole Miss down from an offensive standpoint. But a different Ole Miss team, both offensively and defensively, with coordinator changes in the offseason by Matt Luke, the head coach there, in his second full season uh, with the Rebels. You've got Mike McIntyre, the former Colorado head coach, now coordinating that defense, more of a 3-4 look from Ole Miss from that standpoint. And then offensively, Rich Rodriguez, the former head coach, West Virginia, nearly at Alabama, then at Michigan, uh, and then at Arizona, Rich Rod coordinating that offense with that spread formation that is more about running the football, though, than throwing it. Um, When you look at Alabama defensively right now, and we talk about these specific areas where the injuries continue to be an issue who are some of the guys that you kind of envision stepping forward? Is it continue to be youth being served, uh, especially on that defensive line? Um, you know, Terrell Lewis kind of iffy it looks like here in the midweek or as we head into that all-important Wednesday practice. Does it continue to be Christopher Allen? What's the depth like there? Um, and the kicking situation, we got to get into that too, both place kicking and punting. Because I got the sense Saturday in pregame warm-ups, Charlie, that Will Reichard was going to punt against Southern Miss after what we saw from Skylar DeLong against South Carolina. The injury on the kickoff sort of changed that. It was back to DeLong. Uh, let's talk about each of those areas. Let's start up front uh, with Dale nicked up now and, and sort of who that kind of transitions maybe more of the load to. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of what we saw uh, this past Saturday when we've been out to practice. Uh, Fidelian Mathis has been in the middle between Justin Aboyby, who's stepping in for LeBron Ray, who will be out for a few weeks, and Raekwon Davis. And uh, I think Fidelian Mathis has played pretty well this season. Um, you know, they have a little bit of depth there. Um, Tavita Musica, a senior, we've seen kind of in spot duty. Stephon Wins played a little. Uh, Christian Barmore, who, you know, if he can – You'll learn the, the playbook and learn what to do out there on the field. We've seen that he can be a bit of a wrecking ball, and uh, I think he just has to put it all together uh, from a mental and physical standpoint. He might be able to. He might be a guy that sees an uptick in performance if he can if he can do that. But um, I think it'll be kind of much 
pretty much business as usual from what we've seen. Um, I expect Fadarian Mathis if, if DJ Dell can't go to to start, and uh, I, I imagine that even if DJ Dell can play, we'll see plenty of 48 out there on the field in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, but against a team like um, Ole Miss, we could see a lot of dime rabbit situations, and that's where you'll see um, LeBron Ray and, and Justin Boigby and maybe a, a Byron Young out there on the field. So um, they're going to have some options. But uh, I think, you know, if Terrell Lewis can't play or even if he does and they're going to want to limit what he does out there, I think we'll see plenty of Christopher Allen who got the – um, the starting nod opposite of Anthony Jennings that was announced on the, the um, Jumbotrons before the game. And that was kind of be expected. He's the, the next man up behind both of those players. And I think a guy that can do a good job from a pass rushing standpoint. But, uh, yeah, it's a lot of youth. Um, they've simplified the defense a little bit. Uh, we saw some struggles in the South Carolina game from guys like uh, Shane Lee and, and Christian Harris. I think they bounced back this week. And I, I think, though, um, you know, with so many young guys on this defense um, facing teams like uh, South Carolina and a Southern Miss and an Ole Miss, teams that are going to throw the ball around a lot and throw multiple looks and try to confuse them, I think it's good for these young guys. Um, everybody knows that Alabama's toughest tests are down the road. And uh, I think with the injuries that are piling up, even though some of them aren't that serious, it gives those young guys an opportunity to see some things. And um, if DJ Dale and Terrell Lewis can't go, it just allows younger guys to get on the field and, and see some exotic looks that they wouldn't get to see in practice or maybe even late in game. So I think um, you got to see the positive side of this. Uh, the injuries are, are going to happen and they continue to happen, but it sounds like these guys are, are rounding out to, to full health, and we'll see how they progress tomorrow, but plenty of young guys are going to get opportunity, no doubt. Yeah, nice to have a security blanket in Raquan Davis. No doubt about that up front, regardless of what happens. And Fedarian Mathis is proving to be a dependable option, uh, really in his second full year of contributing on that defensive line. Christian Barmore, he's an intriguing uh, name at this point because – when we've seen him on the field, and it's typically been later in games each of the last two weeks, had to be this past week because he had to sit out the first half of USM after that targeting penalty in the fourth quarter against South Carolina a couple Saturdays ago. Just a guy that every time he's out there, Charlie flashes and makes some plays. I know Nick Saban was asked specifically about Christian Barmore on Monday and Given Barmore's place in the rotation that we've seen so far, I thought Saban's answer kind of hit on the 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 topic or the uh, the 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 issue, the situation involving Christian Barmore and why we haven't seen more of him to this point. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, he he talked about how um, you know, they like the progress that he's made. He shows initial quickness and ability, but you know, the challenge for them is to get. Christian to do the things he needs to do relative to the rest of players on defense. So, um, you know, he's in position and doing and making plays and people are uh, and catching people's attention just by what he's able to do in the fourth quarter. But that doesn't necessarily mean he's in the right position. So you can't have guys that um, if they're supposed to slant to the right, slant to the left, because that kind of discombobulates the whole defense. And if he's not there to make a play, um, you know, then there's obviously a hole. Uh, where he's supposed to be. So I think that's the biggest thing 
for Christian is that he needs to take that next step as a player or for him to take that next step as a player to learn to do that. And, um, you know, Nick Saban said that they certainly need for him to do that. And I think that's big, uh, just because we've seen the injuries kind of pile up along the defensive front. Um, you know, Brian Ray and, and DJ Dale are the latest there. And, um, you know, Saban said that they're encouraged by the steps that he's made and, Maybe that his role can increase if he can do that. Um, you know, Anthony Jennings, a veteran on this defense, uh, basically said the same thing that, um, you know, they don't need costly penalties like the targeting. Um, they need him to be consistent and, um, you know, do more stuff that helps them than harms them. And I think that goes right in hand with what Nick Saban was saying. If he can do that, uh, I think he could be a, a key contributor on this defense. It's just a matter of putting that all together and, you know, taking that ability and, um, better in his knowledge of, of what's going on around him and where he's supposed to be. And if he can do that, uh, Alabama will be much better off from the defensive line, no doubt. And it's all part of a maturity process for a lot of young players. And for some guys, they show up on campus with it. Uh, for other guys, it takes a little bit of time. For other guys, it takes a year or two. For some guys, it takes maybe three years for that light to sort of go on in that regard. And you know that's kind of where Christian Barmore is right now. There's no denying, though, that he is a disruptive force. Now, the problem, as as you outlined and Nick Saban outlined and, and others have outlined, is it, it sometimes comes at the sacrifice of the integrity of the rest of the defense, which, uh, you know, you can't have that either. But it, it, it is exciting to think about what this guy might be and what he might contribute to this defense uh, here in the very, very near future. Um, Charlie, as we as we talk about the offensive side of the ball, you know, it seems like every time we think we've seen it all with these guys in the passing game, especially uh, we see something else. Uh, it seems like every week Tua Tonga Vailoa is a quarterback, does something that no other Alabama quarterback has ever done. Uh, we see Henry Ruggs go on a three week tear where, you know, he is produced in each of the three last in the, each of the, the last three games. He has produced touchdown plays of 74 yards or more in three straight games. Uh, that's that's phenomenal, even by the standard of what Alabama currently has uh, in the playmaking department at the wide receiver position. So what's next, Charlie? What 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 can we expect from this Alabama offense next? What needs to happen, I guess, maybe more so than than anything else? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. I think uh, the next step is just continuing to to build on that. I think they want to continue to get the run game going to complement that explosive passing game. We saw that get going a little bit against Southern Miss. Najee Harris had 100 yards on the ground, and um, you know, he had some, some nice string of runs there uh, against the Golden Eagles. And I think if they continue to do that, that'll keep the defense honest and uh, you know what we've called death by a thousand slants will become you know going back to to the long ball and we saw that kind of open up a little bit against Southern Miss uh, that one of the the touchdown passes that Henry Ruggs caught uh, where he had to kind of turn around slow down a bit catch the ball and still outrun the defender um, you know just shows that uh, the the deep potential that this offense can have I think you know just from you know what crazy thing we'll see next. Uh, we've seen Ruggs, Judy, and, and Smith all get involved. We haven't seen Jalen Waddell catch a touchdown pass yet. Maybe that's the next big thing that we see. Uh, and now he can get involved, whether it's in the, the short passing game or two of those the ball in front of him and he makes a, a play for a, a long touchdown or maybe just on a deep throw. So, um, yeah, he's yet to get involved, but that's basically coming um, soon. It's not a matter of if, it's when. 
uh, for Jalen Waddle. But, you know, this offense is a lot of fun to watch. Um, and these players have a lot of free reign. I think one of the funnier moments of this week is uh, the, the video that was put that out there on Twitter of, of Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith playing paper, rock, scissors for a route that they know is a successful route. And even though it didn't end up in a touchdown, the ball went to a different player. And the, these receivers know um, this offense and they know um, how successful it can be. And they're fighting over those routes to, to score touchdowns or potentially score touchdowns. And, you know, Tua, it doesn't seem that that's a problem for him. He knows where um, if a guy's in a certain spot, what route he's going to run and how he has to throw the ball and drop back and, and do his read and everything like that. So it's a lot of fun to watch. Um I think the biggest thing still is to continue to get things going on the ground. And just from a prediction standpoint, I don't know. I, the, the next guy to have a big game is maybe Jalen Waddle, just because he hasn't yet. Yeah, it's kind of Jalen Waddle's turn almost, it seems like, at this point. Um, Deontay Brown, officially back in the mix there in the interior of that offensive line. Nick Saban was asked about Deontay Brown's uh, immediate future, I guess, in terms of playing potential playing time. Uh, it didn't sound like Nick was uh, in, in kind of automatic mode in terms of just throwing Deontay Brown right back into that starting mix, which I don't think anybody really anticipated that, right? No, and um, yeah, I was the one that, that threw that question at him and just basically what's the plan for him in this game and what's the plan for him moving forward. And you know, Saban said what you would expect Saban to say and that the plan for every player uh, is the guy's got to beat somebody out if he wants to play, and uh, nobody's entitled to play. And he mentioned that if uh, Deontay gets in shape and he does what he's supposed to do and shows that he can play better than whoever's playing right now, then that'll be the plan. It's just like any uh, other player on the team. So it's more up to Deontay than it's up to Nick Saban. Uh, I don't think it was going to be handed to him. And you know, I talked to, to Cole Kublick um, on the SEC Network about this just going into this week because I think that's – Arguably the top storyline is Deontay Brown's return and what it can mean for the offensive line. And, you know, he didn't think that Nick Saban was going to hand it to him right away, that he was going to make him earn it. But if you look at down the line, I think Deontay Brown is a guy that, you know, facing some tougher opponents, especially the the Texas A&M game that's on the horizon after this first two bye weeks, I think that could be more of a realistic spot for him to to step into that starting lineup. Um, You know, looking at practice uh, on Tuesday, we are able to see more of the offensive line and them kind of as a group. And it looked like Deontay was working at right guard. Now, um, you know, things can obviously change. And that's just, you know, a couple of the periods out of an entire practice, out of an entire week. But for me, if I were going to predict where Deontay Brown steps in as a starter, if he does, it would be at left guard just because Evan Neal has kind of had some freshman hiccups uh, along the way of this season. And that's to be expected. This is first year starting and starting a position that's kind of new to him. So uh, I think the Deontay Brown thing and how that um, plays out will be interesting. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see uh, if and when and where he lines up on Saturday. Uh, I anticipate Alabama beating Ole Miss pretty well and that they'll be able to put out a, a second-team offensive line. And uh, seeing where he is there, I think, will be really intriguing uh, for the, the future. I, like I said, I don't, I don't think he'll be stepping in this week, and I don't think a lot of fans should anticipate that uh, just because it wasn't going to be handed to him easily. But um, he's somebody that, as a, a road grader, as a mauler, he makes this offensive line better in the run game. And you know, as we've already talked about, I think that's something they want to continue to build on. So um, really interested to see what happens with Deontay Brown. And 
it's just another option for that offensive line that has multiple players on it that Nick Saban and company think are starters. I think the way you could see it work is that initially Deontay Brown just doesn't go out there with the first team offensive line to start a game. You know, we've seen in situations like this in the past, they're not afraid to rotate some guys in with that first group. We saw it against Duke, right, in the season opener. Um, you know, that that's a possibility I could see playing out maybe initially with Deontay Brown, where you don't just make the wholesale change, maybe the starting lineup, but you look out there maybe early in the second quarter, and there's Deontay at one of those guard spots, as you said, maybe left guard more so than right guard. But, um, yeah, it's something that definitely I think everyone's going to be uh, tracking here in the coming weeks with the, uh, with the big man, as you said, can really get it done in the road game, rejoining that mix officially. So who punts on Saturday? Charlie, uh, is Mike Bernier back in this thing with Will Reichert expected to be out and Skylar DeLong having his struggles? Uh, you know, just a week ago, Nick Saban, I know, uh, was asked about the punting situation. Mike Bernier wasn't really brought up in that mix, but uh, can you see Mike Bernier being back in this thing, Charlie? Maybe. I think a, a better question is, will Alabama punt on Saturday? Because that, almost, that's part of it, too. Yes. Yeah. Ole Miss's pass defense is not very good. I think they rank 12th in the league, giving up almost 300 yards per game. And if that's the case, um, it's going to be tough sledding for the Rebels on Saturday. But just in terms of discussion, uh, I think Skylar DeLong will get another opportunity. Um, I do um, like what you were talking about with Nick Saban's comments last week. Um, it doesn't sound like Mike Bernier's in the picture. That might have changed with the injury to Will Reichert because he's a guy that's not going to be able to go this week. Um, but we won't know really about that unless he's asked about it again or until pregame warmups on Saturday. So um, I would lean more towards Skylar DeLong uh, just because I think it's a, a game in a situation where it's not going to be um, – the, the punting game isn't going to be critical uh, to Alabama's success, but uh, that, that's a situation where, yeah, before Riker got hurt, uh, it looked like he was the guy that was going to be handling the, the punts. He punted to, to Jalen Waddle on kind of their last play before they, they go to the, the locker room, and I think he's more, the more consistent of the two. Um, he might not have – or he might not be able to, to – consistently average 40 plus yards but he's not going to have the the 14 yard shank that we've seen from DeLong so um you know Nick Saban and company are always going to say they have confidence in their kicker but um Skylar DeLong definitely needs to get it together uh, if he wants to continue to to have an opportunity to punt for Alabama and first and foremost just get the thing off you know that's been a little scary with DeLong each of the last two weeks been very close on a couple of punt blocks uh just just get it out of there First and foremost, yeah, and it would be nice if it if it certainly travels a little bit further uh, than 14 yards. Uh, Charlie, as we wrap up here on Tide Talk on a Tuesday night, we need to talk some hoops. Alabama men's basketball jumping into preseason practice on Tuesday. I know you took in the workout over there at Coleman Coliseum, uh, anticipated uh, that there would be an absence of uh, James Rojas, the junior college all-American who unfortunately had the knee injury. He's going to miss the entire 2019-2020 season. But I guess there were a couple of other absences of note on Tuesday as well. Yeah, there were. Um, you know, Looking out there, you kind of anticipated James 
Beetle Bolden uh, not to be practicing, and that was the case. He was kind of just messing around off to the side. He wasn't dressed out or anything, and he's been dealing with a shoulder issue. And, uh, you know, NATO said he should be cleared in a couple weeks. So that is still to, to be determined, I guess, for his debut on the practice court. But um, a couple of guys that are just kind of nicked up a little bit. Um, you know, Herb Jones has a bruised shoulder uh, that he sustained on Monday. And he should be, um, you know, back to the, to the practice court pretty soon, if not tomorrow. Uh, same goes for Galen Smith, who actually rolled his ankle before we were allowed uh, into practice. And we watched the last 30 minutes or so, so uh, pretty early on in, in Tuesday's practice. And he's in the same boat as Herb Jones. He could practice as early to, as tomorrow, but it might be a day or two for him. But other than that, um, everybody was out there. And um, you know, they had plenty of new faces. I think they have seven newcomers. Um, and so I was talking, uh, I don't remember who I was talking with, but just going over that roster, seven of those or six of those seven newcomers have names that start with J. So that's going to be fun to try to memorize and to, to learn with all the, the new players out there. But, um, speaking of the new guys, I think Jaden Shackelford really stood out to me today. I think he's a guy that shined a little bit in the summer workout that our reporters were able to see as well. And I think he's going to be a guy that sees, uh, a lot of contribution, uh, to Alabama's team this year. It was, it was the first practice. Um, they looked a little sluggish, but they're they're running a lot. Um, you know, Nate Oates is not taking it easy on them. They play a lot of games in practice too, where um, you know there's a lot of you know five on five, and, and say the the losing team um, they have to get to a certain uh, amount of points, and the losing team has to run, and then a member of the winning team will shoot free throws or shoot a free throw. And if he misses it, they have to do push-ups. So uh, a lot of uh, activity and, and even the assistant coaches getting on in on those push-ups. So a lot of activity out there. I think the guys are, are getting well conditioned and that's something that a lot of people were anticipating with the way that Nate Oates uh, runs his offense and the way that he runs his practice. But, um, you know, it's, it's crazy that basketball season's already here. We're at practice number one. It's going to be here before we know it, the beginning of November. Yeah, there was a time where we would still be a couple, three weeks away from the start, uh, the official start of practice. But here we are uh, heading into late September and already getting it going on the basketball court. What about Javon Quinterly, the Villanova transfer? Uh, Charlie, a lot of talk about uh, his request for a waiver to for immediate eligibility coming in as a transfer. Anything new to come of that on Tuesday? No, um, you know, Nate Oates was asked about that and, you know, he said that they've turned everything in to the, uh, everything's been submitted, I guess I should say to the NCAA and they're just waiting on them. Um, and he said, hopefully they'll hear something sooner rather than later, but there's no update. Um, you know, Javon was out there practicing. I thought the, the combo of Quinterly and Shackelford was really good, uh, for the white team. They were going against Kyra and Kyra was playing pretty good defense on Quinterly, but, um, you know, that gives Alabama just an, another excellent ball handler as a guard. And that's four with, uh, you know, Shackelford, Kyra Lewis, and then James Beetle Bolden whenever he's healthy. But if not, um, they have three quality players, but, uh, he's a guy that's talented, no doubt. It's just a matter of, uh, whenever the NCAA decides to, to respond to that request, we'll see when that is. That, that always seems to take um, <laughs> however long the NCAA wants. Yeah, it's going to be a fun basketball team to watch, if nothing else. If you like your basketball 94 feet and up and down and uh, a lot of threes, uh, you're going to like Alabama basketball during the upcoming season. Tough loss again with James Rojas going out, but uh, maybe Alex Reese can stretch out there and shoot that three for a big guy. 
and, and help extend defenses uh, himself. Well, Charlie, I think that's just about going to do it for a Tuesday night Tide Talk. Anything else that we need to cover, you think, before we get out of here? Um, I don't think so. Nobody was traded in the NFL this week. It's another busy <laughs> week in that regard. But no, uh, no blockbuster news from that front, so I think we're good. Yeah, a lot of great coverage still coming to you. Bryce Young's commitment, I think we've been covering that for the last three days. And it's a big one. Big, big news on the recruiting front. So we've had you covered on the five-star quarterback switching his pledge from Southern California to Alabama. Uh, So recruiting coverage continues on. Hank South, Tim Watts do a great job over there. Charlie with his practice reports Monday through Wednesday. We'll continue to preview this matchup with Ole Miss on Saturday afternoon at Bryant-Denny Stadium. So keep it locked to BamaOnline.com. As always, we appreciate you joining us here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please be sure to do that wherever you consume your pods and maybe leave us a review, a rating while you're there as well. For Charlie Potter, Travis Schreier, thanking you again for joining us here on the Built by Bama Online podcast. We'll talk to you again real soon.